celebrate today the feast of Corpus Christi, the body and blood of our Lord. And as we were reflecting, it is a day to give thanks for this gift that the Father gives to the church and to each one of us. The, this mystery we could kind of enter through many, many angles, many words, many aspects of it. But I would like to just focus on, on the meaning of the word and the action of communion. What does it mean to receive communion? You know that many times we kind of use communion as a synonym, cinnamon, cinnamon, synonymous. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't have breakfast, so. To communion, to the Eucharist. So we say, I'm receiving my first communion, or I, I go to communion. So what does it mean to receive communion? An easy answer would be just explaining the word. Communion means common union. So it's a common union. It's a union of, of, of two that become one. In some way, that's what the Mass and the Eucharist is trying to, to do, to unify and merge our lives with the life of Christ. But we can go deeper and we can find different levels of communion through this gospel of the multiplication of the bread. So let me suggest three levels of the meaning of communion. The first is communion with our minds. The second, communion with Christ himself. The last one is communion with others. All those three things are happening every time we come to Mass. So first, communion, to enter into communion with Christ, means to enter into communion with his mind, with his vision, with his worldview, with his mindset. That's how the gospel begins. It begins saying that Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God. Jesus begins the miracle of the multiplication of the bread by proclaiming something. The content of this proclamation, we don't know, but we can assume it from the Gospels. Maybe he spoke about simplicity, about the Father, about forgiveness, and so many messages he gave on the Gospels. We do know that it was long because he spoke for such a long time that the disciple says, Master, it's dinner time, like, let them go, like, you have been preaching for six hours. Jesus has so much to say. He has so much to reveal to us. And last Sunday, he said, I have more to tell you, but you cannot bear it. Holy Spirit will come. But in this preaching, in this proclamation, Christ is revealing the meaning of reality, what is real, what is true, what is not fake news, but what is true, what is real, what is reality. And people are listening. That happens in our Christian life in many ways. In many ways, God speaks to us. But one of them is at Mass. Every time you come to Mass, Jesus is proclaiming the kingdom of God. Most evidently in the readings, you know, when you listen to the readings, the gospel is the proclamation of the kingdom. That seeing 
of Jesus preaching to the crowds comes real today. Think how many people heard this reading, heard this liturgy of the word around the world. Is Jesus speaking to the crowds? So that's one way. But also through the liturgy, Jesus is teaching us. He's speaking to us. He's instilling what we could call principles of faith. Not only he speaks to us through the readings, but also through the prayers of the Mass. How do we begin the Mass? Like, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. That's a teaching. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then we say, mea culpa, mea culpa, Lord have mercy. That's a teaching. It says like, you are not the immaculate conception. You are sinner. You have original sin. We have sin, and, and we are broken, and we need forgiveness. And he gives us forgiveness. And then we say glory to God in the fire, in, in, in the highest, and peace to people. We pray the glory. We basically say, God is great. Glory to him. I'm not the center of my life. And then we are going to say, holy, holy, holy. God is holy, sanctus, sanctus, sanctus. So through all the things, God is teaching us. God is speaking to us. And maybe it's not like a one-time thing. Oh, I know, God is holy, glory to God. No, it's like the cumulative effect of mass after mass. Think of the fruit of the impact that going to mass on a regular basis has in your life. I don't know if you read that the oldest man on the planet, I think he's 120, he's Catholic, and he prays the rosary twice a day. He might say, like, Lord, take me. Like, uh, I have seen everything. No? Like, but imagine, like, how many masses that man went to. And that ongoing and repetitive action of coming to Mass instills in your mind, like, this heavenly perspective. Instills in your soul these spiritual principles. Or if you want... Jesus nails, like, he's hammering, like, the realities of the invisible world into you. So that's the first thing or the first, first level of communion, a more intellectual, existential as well, communion with his mind. The second level of communion is what we could call communion with him, with his life, with his personhood. The Mass is the eminent place of entering into communion with him. And this gospel, this multiplication of the bread, has in some way a Eucharistic kind of music to it. One, it is in the desert. What happened in the desert? God gave the manna to the people of God. So this is kind of the same. God giving them bread from heaven. Second, Jesus says, bring the bread and the, and the fish, and then he, he takes, he blesses, he breaks it, and he gives it. That's what he will do then in the Last Supper, in the first Mass. So in some way, Jesus, when he multiplies the bread, 
He is already thinking ahead of time in the mystery of the Eucharist. And when he feeds the crowd in some way, he's beginning to anticipate this movement of giving himself to us. He's longing to feed us, to nourish us, to give and bestow his life to us. That's what is already happening in this gospel. That's why they eat and they were satisfied. Because one, there was an abundance of bread. Like there was leftovers. But then this bread was special. It was a blessed, it was something special. It anticipates in some way the Eucharist. So something similar happens when we come to Mass. It is he himself giving to us in the most holy Eucharist, in the host. In this gospel, like, imagine the sense of, of wonder after this miracle. The crowds might have realized there's someone greater here. This is not just a regular guy. This is the word incarnate among us. They saw something, but they believed in something deeper. And that's what should happen at Mass. We should always cherish and pray for this faith in his real presence. That when we receive the host, it's not just bread, but it's him himself, him bestowing himself upon us, him entering into communion with us. One of the most beautiful things for a priest is to give communion to say the body of Christ, to show the host and say, I don't get it, I cannot explain it, but this is the Lord. This is the resurrected Jesus. This is all the personhood, the life of Christ hidden in this host. And then you say, amen. I believe this is true. And then the Lord enters your body and enters your soul. Your life in some way merges with the life of Christ. The love of Christ enters into your soul. And everything that is in you begins to be sanctified. It's beautiful. Something like that might have happened in that first miracle of the multiplication of the bread. Christ in some way was feeding them, giving them bread but longing to give himself to them. He was anticipate what happens at each Mass. That's the second level of communion. Communion with him. Communion with his life, with his mysteries, with his resurrection, with his cross, and all the mysteries of Christ. They happen when we celebrate the Mass and we receive communion. The last mystery is what we could call horizontal communion. Not only will we communicate with the mind and the life of Jesus, we communicate with his mystical body. When Christ performs the miracles, he says, sit in groups of 50. Picture that scene. These groups of 50 speaking maybe about the message that Christ gave speaking about like, 
other things in life. And for sure, there was an ambience of joy because wherever Christ is and where he walks, he brings this newness, this peace, this renewal. Maybe there was expectation, like, when is that basket going to get here? Like, Peter, like, don't forget this corner. There were 5,000 people and only 12 people distributing the baskets. So it might have taken some time. But this, this sense of also kind of a community that is being built, the same happens at Mass. In the context of the Holy Eucharist, we are gathered physically in the first place. But above all, spiritually. We maybe never think about this so much. But when you come to communion, when you receive communion, you enter into communion with those who are here. Let's say you are married and both of the spouses are Catholic and you receive communion. Well, there's a special union that happens between the spouses or with your family, with your children, with your parents, or even with friends. It's like a bicycle, no? Like the closer you go to the center, the bicycle will, the closer the spikes get to each other. So the more you enter in communion with Christ, the more you enter into communion with those who are here and those who are close to him. I, I remember this sister who used to tell me like something that at first I thought that's so cheesy. No? Like she said, oh, Father, oh, I won't see you for a while. I, I will tell her, like, oh, yeah, I will see you in the Eucharist. I said, what is I see you in the Eucharist? What do you mean? Like, but it's very true. Sometimes we move, we scatter, we change places, but we can still be united as we celebrate the Mass. There's this special communion that happens also with those who come to Mass and receive the Eucharist. Today, we enter, we come to Mass, you are in communion with the whole church around the world. You are in communion with the saints. We pray for others. We pray for the Pope, for the Bishop. We pray for the dead, for those who suffer. This special communion that is horizontal. So on this day, I invite you, and this week maybe, pay attention to the moment of Holy Communion. When you walk, try to ask the Holy Spirit Give me a, a deeper sense of what is happening here. Create a, a deeper hunger in my soul. Maybe think what mystery of the life of Christ I want to choose to enter into communion with. When the priest says, the body of Christ, Jesus here, pay attention and, and say it with your heart. Amen, this is true, this is belief. This, this is what I believe, this is real. And when you go back to your seat, let his life flow and, and, and kind of enter into your life in a deeper way. Maybe let him say a word of scripture, maybe a section of the liturgy of the word. That's very beautiful. In post-communion, remember the liturgy of the word. But above all, become one with him. And let me read you as conclusion this testimony of St. Veronica Giuliani, 
who had like a special experience during communion. It seems that in the most holy sacrament, as on a throne, I saw the one and triune God, the Father in his omnipotence, the Son in his wisdom, Holy Spirit in his love. Every time we communicate, our souls and hearts become the temple of the most holy trinity. And when God comes to us, the whole of paradise comes. On seeing God enclosing the host, I was transported with joy for the whole day. If I had to give my life to confirm this truth, I would do it a thousand times.